Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21 Sports, on Instagram at ETOF21 Sports underscore for everything sports betting. You want to become part of the sports betting team, hit me up there for fantasy football, daily sports takes, my five things from yesterday on Instagram at ETOF21Sports underscore fantasy and for everything horse racing. We'll have some free horse racing picks today. Last week we hit the pick five at Belmont, almost hit the other pick five for some coin, hit the golden hour pick four yesterday at ETOF21Sports underscore horse underscore racing. How is everyone doing today? Great, great, great weekend of sports. We have the Euros going on and also guys, I'm going to be giving away free picks for the whole Euros. Whole Euros, I'll be giving away free picks. If it's on my card, I'm giving away for you for free. Just in a nice, I think it was 212 plus 205 winner in the Wales-Switzerland match. We had the draw prop bet. Just to that, always nice to start off the tournament with a winner. We're on the over of the Belgium and Russian game that kicks off a little bit later. Wow, crazy week of sports. Thank you again to my boy Gino for having me on every week. We're doing this week in the NBA where Gino and I break down what's going on in the NBA. Great time talking with him as usual. We have a great little show today. I'll be talking about what's going on in the NBA, some gambling thoughts, the joys of this group chat that I'm in. And Brandon's going to come on. He's going to talk about the NASCAR race. The NASCAR race, it's important to remember, is a little bit different than it's been because it's an all-star. But like I was saying, great weekend of sports. I mean, we got a loaded day of horse racing. We have a great UFC card. We have NASCAR tomorrow. We have trucks, Xfinity racing. We got NBA playoffs. We got NHL playoffs, MLB, and we got the Euros going on. So, I mean, when it comes to being a better and having a great weekend of sports, we could not ask for a great weekend of sports. Um, next week I'm going to be away at a tournament and the following week I'm moving. So, um, yeah, so I'm really don't know in terms of schedule wise, how everything's going to be planning out and the joys of moving. Let me tell you guys this. It seems to me that every time I fucking move, there's always like another struggle and it's always harder than the time before. Um, and also I'm amazed by how many fucking paint colors there are. Um, there's just so many goddamn paint colors. So, but you guys don't care about that shit. Let's jump into it. Like I said, great show today. I'll talk about the Mavericks, the Pacers, and some betting stuff. So I'm in a couple group chats for sports betting. Um, One of them is on the What's Up app. The other one is on uh, Instagram. So it's always funny to me. Sports bettors never look at it as us against the book, but they always look at it and they nitpick against each other. It's so funny. So this What's Up app, I'll send something and people will say, oh, bad bet, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, I really don't care. I'm just trying to help you guys out. I'm not soliciting business from you guys. I throw you guys a straw every now and then. And then we got this guy who throws out a million and two bets for a NASCAR race, and he loses like 20 units, and no one says anything. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, am I just the asshole in the group that people hate because I call out people's bullshit? I mean, we need to remember that betting comes down to money management, and that's the difference between good bettors and bad bettors. 
I mean, I admit it, this week has been a little rough, one of the worst weeks of my betting career. Not really betting career, but of the year, we'll say. And I'm not down that much. I'm up on the year because I understand how to manage money and everything. And that what's, that's what makes the difference between a good better and a bad better. Understanding money management, understanding that you're going to have hot streaks, you're going to have cold streaks. But you have a certain way of betting, and the certain way of betting has what's made you successful. And the worst thing you can do as a better is second-guess yourself and second-guess how you make money and what makes you successful. you got to understand highs and lows and just stay with the process. But if your process is consistently losing and at the end of the day, you're down, the end of the month, you're down, end of the year, you're down, then you have to take a hard look in the mirror and kind of reevaluate how you do stuff. And that's what successful bettors do when they're in cold streaks. And then if what they're doing isn't working, they change it. It's always tough for people to take a look in the mirror and understand, hey, this isn't working. I need to change the way I'm doing stuff. And that brings me to my other point with these group chats. Betters are so fucking sensitive. That's the thing that cracks me up. Like, I've never seen a group of people that get sensitive when people question themselves, question that, their work. I mean, the one I'm in, people were bickering back and forth. Someone stole a play, allegedly, and the other one said he had fake followers. I mean, I'm just reading this, and I'm cracking up with all this drama. It was like I was in that movie Mean Girls with these two dudes just going back and forth. They're getting so fucking sensitive about shit. It's like, guys, at the end of the day, who motherfucking cares, dude? You know, it's us against the books, and that's what we need to remember. And that's what people always forget. And that's kind of like the crazy thing. So that's kind of my little weekly rant on the whole betting stuff. Now, let's jump into the NBA. So the first NBA team I kind of want to jump into is the Indiana Pacers. Now, they fired their coach. Obviously, with the success that Nate McMillan is having in Atlanta, you know, they probably should have kept him. And the fact that they did fire Jorkman is admitting that, hey, we fucked up, guys. We hired the wrong fuck, we fired the wrong guy, and we hired the wrong guy. So the pressure is really on Kevin Pritchard here to make sure he makes the right hire, to get the franchise going in the right direction. Now, when you look at this roster, now, they did battle a lot of injuries this year. But last year, in the bubble, they were the fourth seed. And when you take a deep dive into this roster, guys, this roster is pretty good. They're in a, this job is a little under the radar. People are going to be thinking Portland, Milwaukee, if Bud is out, Celtics, Orlando. But let's take a look at this Pacers roster. Point guard, you got Brogdon. If he can stay healthy, great point guard. Shooting guard, you got Levert. I've always been a big Levert guy. He can be the man, the guy in the wing operating. TJ Warren, bubble superstar. He was out last year. He's going to be coming back. He's going to be their small forward. You have the all-star Slabonis starting at power forward. Miles Turner, who also was hurt as the center. And Turner, in my eyes, could be in the running for defensive player of the year next year. Then you look at your their bench. You got Dougie McBuckets, a.k.a. Doug McDermott, coming out. Three-point shooter, liability on the defensive end, but I like him for what he can provide. You got T.J. McConnell, who somehow is still in the NBA, but he's been to, proven to be a good, serviceable backup guard. You got the two holidays, Justin and Aaron. 
You got Lamb. You definitely need a backup big. But, guys, this roster should be fourth, fifth in the Eastern Conference. This is a decent roster. And if injuries break their way in the playoffs, meaning they play, like, hypothetically, Bucks, Giannis is hurt, or Nets and, like, Durant is hurt. They're in a good spot, and God only knows. Like, let's talk about the Nets real quick. God only knows what's going to happen. Like, no one's talking about how serious this Harden injury is. God only knows what's going to happen with Durant. God only knows if Irving's still going to want to play basketball. So, I mean, the Eastern Conference could be a little more open than we're realizing right now. And this job is pretty attractive when you think about that and you look at this roster. The coaching candidates that I came up with. Obviously, Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups is going to be the coach that everyone goes after this year, and he's obviously going to have his pick of coaching jobs that he wants. So Chauncey Billups, he's a great leader. He's won it all. He knows how to handle egos and superstars. He's on the bench right now for the Clippers, so he's learning from Ty Lue. So definitely, that is a name to keep an eye on. I think he would be a good hire, but like I said, he's going to have his pick of jobs that are opening up this offseason. Another guy that is going to be overlooked, I feel, is Kenny Atkins. Atkins is a great developmental coach. Let's remember two years ago, he had that Nets team overachieve and get in the playoffs where they had Jarrett Allen and D'Lo. Now, he didn't get along with Irving and Durant because those were the guys that got him out of the building. But I feel he's a good coach, he's a good developmental coach, and some of these younger guys that are on the team, he could definitely help them take their game to the next level. So I really feel that Atkins would be a great fit. Mike D'Antoni, he will make the Pacers go up and down the floor, shoot the threes. He's obviously on the bench right now with the Brooklyn Nets helping Steve Nash. I really thought he should have gone to Philly last year, and Philly should have hired him, but obviously they hired Doc Rivers, and so far it's been working out good best record in the NBA for Philly. But D'Antoni's going to have him get up and down the floor, create the spacing needed for this day and age in the NBA. And the, if he goes there, the Pacers would be a great watch. And someone else that I really wasn't that high on as a coach, but given his history, I think it makes sense, is Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson played for the Pacers, successful career at the Pacers. Um, I do believe he led him to the finals that one year they made it in 2000 and lost to the Los Angeles Lakers. And he gets some credit for the groundwork laid in the Warriors Foundation. But it's come out that Draymond Green said he would play in the D-League if Mark Jackson stayed coach. So how much credit does Mark Jackson really get from what happened with the Golden State Warriors winning those championships and having that run. Was it Jackson? Was it Steve Kerr? Was it a combination of both? I honestly, I don't know. But I really feel that Mark Jackson is warranted a second chance in this league coaching, and I think he would be a good fit for the Pacers. And something else to remember, this coach is going to have time. It's not like you're going to Boston if Milwaukee opens up, where they're in win-now mode. This job isn't a win-now mode, even though they have a lot of the pieces. So this is a good job that is really under the radar that 
I think I'm going to be having a Pacers future next year. The more and more I think about it, the more I talk myself in looking at this roster overall, depending on who they get as the next head coach. Now, another team that was outed in the playoffs were the Dallas Mavericks. Now, let's jump into the Mavericks for a little bit. Now, when you look at the Mavericks, now everyone's talking trades. Trades are poor thing. This now, this is it's something important to remember. Their 2021 first round pick is going to the Knicks. 2023 second round pick to the Heat. The lower of their second round picks, so they have two, goes to the Grizzlies. And their first round pick, which is top 10 protected, now this is in 2023, goes to the Knicks. And if it's not used by 2025, it becomes a second round pick. 2026, they have a second round pick that goes to the Thunder. That is the Mavericks draft picks because all those are always included in these trades that people are throwing out, so I wanted to let you guys know that. Now you look at their free agents. You have Tim Hardaway, obviously, in the playoffs was a nice surprise. J.J. Redick, Josh Richardson, who was a disappointment. Willie Colley-Stein, Nicola Mira, Boren, Tyler Bay, and Nate Hedston. Those are their free agents. Now, obviously, with the Mavericks, the big thing is what are you going to do with Christoph Porzingis? You look at Porzingis's contract. He has two years remaining, third year being a player option. Next year, $31.7 million. Following year, $33.8 million. Third year, $36 million. Now, let's face it. You're a fucking fool if you don't opt in for $36 million. Look what Andre Drummond did. Andre Drummond had a $20 million player option. That's why he obviously got opted in and the Cavs cut his ass. Because you're not going to be walking away from that much money. Porzingis. Averaged 21.1 points per game, 8.9 rebounds per game, shot 36.6% from three per game, and he averaged six threes per game. However, he missed 29 games, was MIA during the playoffs, 13.1 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, and 29.6% from three. He's proven that he can't be Luka's number two. In fact... I really feel that Porzingis views himself as a number one. I've been saying this for a year now. When you look at Porzingis, when Luka was out, and how engaged he is being the focal point of the offense, it's a totally different guy. Now, I saw some videos on Twitter today where people said that Luka not getting him the ball was the problem. And yeah, there's plays per game where Luka was forcing, but do I really feel that's the issue? No. You look at the production in the playoffs. The thing about playoff basketball is this. Is you are playing the same team over and over and over and over and over again. So you need to have multiple ways to beat somebody. You need to be able to beat someone multiple ways. You need to have multiple moves. Now, Porzingis, they just have him out by the three-point line and 15 feet out. Do I feel he needs to develop a post game? He needs some sort of post game in order for him to take that next step up. But all this talk about him being the unicorn, he's truly not a unicorn. He views himself as a number one player, but he doesn't have the skill set to be the alpha, to be the number one. So that kind of lies the issue. And with it being so much money, they're going to need to find a team that is willing to take on that and also return some assets that would be beneficial for the Mavericks. Now, the big rumor is the Wizards. Everyone on the Wizards is available except for Beal, Westbrook, and Hamorcha. 
the second-year player from Gonzaga. You look at the Wizards roster, I mean, what possibly could you be sending back? That would be interesting. Burkhans, I'm not really that big of a Burkhans guy. Like I say it when I talk to Gino all the time, I can't remember the last time he constantly was hitting three-pointers. So I really don't feel that the Wizards is a realistic opportunity for a trade partner just because of the lack of assets going back to him. An interesting one would be the Hornets. The Hornets have a lot of young talent, and Ball and Porzingis could be really interesting. Do I think you could win a championship with Ball and Porzingis? Hell no. I'm not high on Ball as everyone else is. People need to remember Ball has never won a title except for the one time he played with his older brother. That was the only time he's won anything in his life. And people get caught up in these YouTube highlights. I'm not a YouTube highlight person. I'm a winning player. I want players that fucking win. So do I feel it would be an interesting, those two going at it together? Yeah, I do. I feel it would be interesting with those two going at it together as a team. Sent back, I mean, Terry Rogier, Terry Rogier and Luca. that would be an interesting little dynamic. I'm a big Rogier guy. I think that would help Dallas a lot because it would cut down on Luca's usage rate. And someone, when you have the usage rate that Luca has, that team is never successful in the playoffs. So I really feel that a package centered around Rogier would be beneficial for the Mavericks. So I, that would definitely be interesting. Another one is the Thunder. Now, the Thunder have all those young guys, and do you really want Porzingis coming in there and kind of ruining that? I love Gildress Alexander. He's just going to be a star in this league. And I really feel like that's the guy you want to build the franchise around. You don't necessarily want this guy coming in here, Porzingis, and kind of ruin what you guys have going on there. So I would definitely not look to make this move if I was the Thunder. The Thunder have all those draft picks, get young, get the team at the same age, and try to win at, the, at that time. That's what you want to do. You don't want to put Porzingis in there that's going to be teaching these kids some bad habits. Now, I mentioned this on the Geno Show. As some of you guys know, I'm friends with somebody. He's an executive in the NBA. And he told me he really thinks love for Porzingis is happening. And to me, that makes the most sense in the world. Why? Well, Porzingis can go to Cleveland, and he can be the number one. Because... Garland and Sexton will defer to them, and they still haven't developed that alpha personality yet. And Jarrett Allen would be able to make up for his defensive efficiencies. So I really think that would be a great move. And let's face it, Love needs to get the fuck out of Cleveland. I really think he realized how good he had it with LeBron and Irving, and he would be more than happy to go to Dallas, to be the number two, and defer to Luka. I think that makes the most sense, is that trade. But kind of their whole offseason kind of lingers on what they're going to do with Porzingis. And let's not forget, as I mentioned earlier, Tim Hardaway is a free agent. Tim Hardaway is a vital piece, as he proved, in the playoffs and could be a good number three guy. So it's going to be an interesting season in Dallas. They need to improve their shooting. They need to improve their defense. And I love Jalen Brunson, but he's very limited in what he can do. And he was their second facilitator. So you definitely need to improve that point guard position. So it's going to be an interesting offseason in Dallas because 
Luca's not on the Supermax yet. And let's face it, like, he's obviously going to sign the Supermax in a couple years. Oh, no. Actually, let me stretch that. He agreed that he's going to sign the ex- extension, but it won't kick in for another couple years. So that's your window to add pieces so you have a championship roster. But the roster that the Mavericks have right now isn't winning dick and shit in the NBA. So it's it's a very interesting offseason coming up in Dallas. So now let's shift our attention to NASCAR. So this week isn't a normal NASCAR week. It's All-Star week. So there's an All-Star race where the winner takes a million bucks. But Brandon from Off the Post Boston Sports is still coming on to preview the race. Brandon, how you doing, man? Doing good. How about yourself? You know, I, I got no complaints, man. Um, don't mean to put knife in the wound, but uh, what are the Bruins going to do this offseason, my man? Um, I think they're going to take all of their jerseys, their uniform, everything. They're going to put it in a giant dumpster, light it on fire, and keep it moving. That was... That was horrendous. It was uh, pitiful, sad. I mean, I I could go on and on because that was one of the most disappointing finishes to a season besides losing a game seven that I've experienced. They, they didn't show up. That that final game, no play, no, no, no anything, and we got ran out of a building. And I know injuries did not help, but you can't lean on injuries when it comes to just getting a drug like that. Now... Not to do a big dive into the Boston Bruins, but what is priority number one for the Boston Bruins going into this offseason? Resign Taylor Hall would be big, and he even said he's not looking for a max deal. He was at this point in his career, he's looking to be somewhere where he's comfortable. He's always wanted to be in Boston. I think you got to give the man the right kind of money to respect him to where he'll stay without looking. Um, to harass, and when I say injuries, aren't excused, but they can be. Um, Tuka Rask had a torn torn labrum, I believe, right outside the hip muscle. And he got that about the second weekend of the season. So he had been playing the entire season and playoffs. So he's going to have to have surgery. They're they're scheduling him to have it within the next 30 days. And uh, he, he says he wants to be back, but I don't know what's going to happen with Tuka, but I know we got Jeremy Swayman, who uh, has one of the coolest last names in hockey. But uh, we've got him as a rookie that went six and one this season, so okay. we'll be back. I mean, it just seems Bruins are always that team that are right there every flipping year. Um, so we're a little different this week. We have the the All Star race and the All Star format. Brandon and I were talking about it before the show. I'm going to read it off, and you kind of have to have a Ph.D. to understand this. Round one, 15 laps. After this round, the field will be inverted starting anywhere from 8th through 12th positions to be selected by a random draw. Round two, 15 laps, with the entire field inverted after this segment. Round three, 15 laps. Again, the field will be inverted starting anywhere from the 8th through 12th positions to be selected by a random draw. Round four. 15 laps. Round 5. The lineup for the round will be determined by the cumulative finish from the first four rounds with the best cumulative finisher starting from the pull. Any ties in the score will be broken in order. Most career all-star wins, most career cup series points race wins, or 2021 cup series driver standings. All cars must 
enter pit roll for a mandatory, mandatory four-tire pit stop during this round. The crew with the fastest stop will pocket $100,000. And then the last round, round six, 10 cars, cars will be lined up according to their finish position from the previous round for the final segment. That's a lot to digest right there, my man. Like, um, do me a favor, can, can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a lot to digest and a lot to take in. It's an all-star race. Basically, I mean, what is it, 100 laps, you know, this is going to be a sprint. Um, it's a little different, and you kind of have to think about this a little differently and you don't want to go deep like i mean one or two guys max that's what i would suggest what about you uh, absolutely um and like we talked about before we get on this <clears throat> the name that sticks right out to me is kevin harvick you've got a guy that hasn't won all year he's been struggling this is a race you can go out not worry about points not worry about anything yes a million dollars would be great he's already rich it's nice to get the trophy and I could just see him pulling off a win and this being something that sparks him to start making a run and picking off a couple wins towards the end of the year to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he's constantly been right there. But it's just, you know, just one fuck up after another. Like, he just can't get over the hump. And you bring up a good point. Like, I could easily see him winning it. Out of the two guys I have, you know, Harvick was one. The other guy who... I like who's been very consistent this year and I kind of feel like when we talk about people that can win the championship at the end of the year the end of this year he's like really overlooked is Joey Logano I like Logano at 1100 he's been consistent pretty much in every track this year I could easily see him winning this oh yeah no he's uh he's also good at these style of tracks as well so uh and this is the type of like today he's commentating for both the truck and the Xfinity race at Texas um he likes these style events because he gets to get in front of the camera, gets to laugh, gets to joke. That's just who that guy is. He loves being, I guess you can call it camera heavy. Um, one guy that truly stands out to me that just goes balls to the wall in all these events and just doesn't care is your boy Kurt Busch at 30-1. to 1. Ooh. These are the, his style races 100% where he just gets in and just slings it and doesn't give a flip whether he brings it home total or with the trophy. So that's my second guy that I'm really looking at if we're going to go one-two. Um, I like Kurt Busch. Now, I because he's my boy, I will probably throw a little little coin on him. Um, now, there's also like a qualifying race. You made a comment beforehand. You wouldn't even touch the qualifying race to get into this. Why is that? Because... We, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I know we don't know what's going to happen in any race when we say it like that. But the Open's a win and get in. So these guys are, it, it's either win, or win and get in or, two, or the top two will get in. But uh, you can throw some money on it if you want. I definitely will sprinkle something somewhere. But I am not going to unload because you will have guys wrecking guys just to get in. So you don't want to sit there and risk a chunk of money on a race to where if somebody's in third place and is anywhere near second, they're going to turn them just to get in. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, looking at the odds right now, you know, top four are Reddick, um, minus 118, Matty D, plus 125, Jones, plus 175, Busher and Suarez are both tied at plus 200. I mean, gun to my head, I would get 
put Busher just because he's been so consistent this year, like kind of out of the blue. If that would be one uh, one guy to pick, but um, you know, it's been an interesting start so far to the year. If you were if you were to say what are the three things that you've taken away from the start to this NASCAR season when we're at the All Star break, what, what would you say? I'd say the amount of drivers that have won. Usually by now you've got Truex with four wins, Hamlin with three wins, Chase with a win, Larson with a couple wins, and that's it. But the fact that you have people like Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell, guys like that that are locked into the playoffs, and you still have guys like Harvick, Denny Hamlin, uh, those guys that don't even have a win, like that that's just mind-boggling to me, and I can't put a finger on it. Usually when somebody is doing bad, you can say this is why. Hamlin is consistently in the top five every week. He falls with a few laps to go. He's getting beat by drivers at the end of a race that are less talented than him. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's different. Yeah, it's really weird to see. It's been a real weird season. Um, Crazy prediction. Gun to your head right now. Who would be your pick to hoist the trophy at the end of the year? Larson. Yeah, it's hard to pick. Yeah. It, it's so hard to go against him right now. He is on fire, and I was a big, you know, me and being a Chase Elliott fan, when I think of a road course, it's like, ah, Chase is going to pull this off. After what I saw Larson do last week, I was like, the dude's feeling it, and I don't know what's going to bring him down. Yeah, he's definitely driving at a level we haven't seen before. Um, yeah, this is going to be a shorter show, guys. It's a 100-yard it's a sprint. We're not going to dive into it. We're not going to tell you guys to throw money on these wild bets. Um, Brandon, thanks for coming on early this Saturday morning. Why don't you tell everyone where they can uh, find you? Off the Post Boston Sports, Instagram and Facebook, and then Twitch for iRacing, Boston Boy 83 We go to Dover next Thursday, last week of Road to Pro, sitting in 119 at 1,800, need to get in the top 70, so... Looking for a top five and uh, crossing our fingers. All right, man. We'll be rooting you on. Hopefully you can bring it home. Guys, make sure you give them a foul. Brandon, you have a good day today. And, uh, you know, let's not have too much high life today, my man. (laughs) There you go. You too, my man. Everybody have a good one. Go make some money tomorrow. So that's it for the show, guys. As always, thanks for tuning in. First Euro pick winner. We're sitting on Wales and Switzerland draw plus 205. Hit that. Great start. One more pending in the Belgium-Russian match. And just a reminder, guys, I'm giving these away for free. Just as a thank you for following me and being part of my crazy world. Also, Winner's Wednesday is going to be starting after I make my move. We're going to have a fantasy football guide. All this stuff is going to be coming, guys. We're, we are really starting to pump out information. Thank you, as always, for Brandon for coming on the show. If you guys aren't following Brandon or supporting his Twitter Twitch account, please do. I mean, that guy comes on. And he's been handing out a lot of winners. Thanks for tuning in. Let's cash some tickets. Be safe. Be well. And let's drink some beer and make some money this weekend, boys.